Hey, everybody. Tim, the Charlie Kirk Show. Senator Scott from Florida. We talk about the looming border deal or lack thereof. We also talk about the collapse of institutional media. What a shame. Email us as always freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. Open up your podcast app and type in Charlie Kirk Show. Uh, that is Charlie Kirk Show. And get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com and become a member. It's members.charliekirk.com. That's members.charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Joining us now is a great man. I wish he was leading the Senate, and we'll dance around with that topic but he's doing a great job. Senator Rick Scott from the great state of Florida. Senator, thank you for taking the time. Uh, It's all about the border right now. Uh, Immigration, immigration, immigration. You've really been laying it down. I want to play a piece of tape here to just kind of frame up our conversation. Uh, Let's play cut 124, please. So I think the bottom line is this. If we cannot secure our border, we need to close the border. If we have a president that doesn't want to secure the border, let's close the border until we get a president that actually is going to enforce our laws. Senator, elaborate on that. Well, first off, look, we've got a lawless administration. Trump secured the border with the exact same laws that we have right now. The Biden administration just made the decision that they want drugs, criminals, terrorists to come across our border. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of wonderful people that want to come. You know what? I'm from an immigration state. Come legally. I don't want drugs, criminals, or terrorists. So here's what we have to do. We have to secure the border. Look at what the Biden administration. So we're negotiating a border deal with the Biden administration that just went to the Supreme Court and said they wanted to close down what Texas is trying to do to secure their own border. So if you so somebody like that, do you trust them? Absolutely not. So the only way this is going to happen, we cannot do a bill unless it has some sort of measurement on something the Biden administration wants. Let's say it's Ukraine aid. Well, if you want Ukraine aid. You, if we're going to fund Ukraine and secure their border, then it's only going to happen if the number of people coming across our southern border goes down to what it was under under Trump. Now, they keep saying they're going to get close to a deal. Guess what, Charlie? They don't want you to see the deal. Yeah. Where's the text? No, but I just – so, Senator, this is beyond frustrating to me. So the, these are your colleagues. Who's negotiating here? And I know you have to be respectful and you work on lots of different things together. I totally get it. But what's really going on here? I mean, why, why are Senate Republicans putting up with this? I know you aren't. I know great Senator Ted Cruz is not. But, I mean, Senator Lankford, who I think is a really sweet person, I think he's making a terrible mistake here. First of all, this should be done in the open process, not back, backroom deals is one of the reasons why people hate Washington, D.C. Well, so I've been up here five years. Here's how it works. Schumer McConnell, they in a back, back room, they decide the deal. They get somebody to write it, okay, and then they spring it on us and say, 
You've got to vote on it right now. And by the way, we're not going to take any amendments. Uh, so either you care about this issue, so vote yes, or you don't care about this issue, you vote no. That's what they that's what they do. So it's not Langford. Langford is smart about the border. He he's he's on Homeland Security on the same committee I'm on. We get a lot of briefings. We understand the problem. He understands the problem. He's being directed. Mm. He's being directed by Mitch McConnell, who has said, We are not going to, we will not tie Ukraine aid to a drop in the number of uh, people coming across our southern border and saying that's what's happening. It's all driven by Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. Uh, so and, and think about this. So and so they're so la- like last week, we still didn't have the have the language. And McConnell comes out and says, we're going to vote on it this week. Well, that's why we have worked hard. Ron Johnson, uh, Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, all of I me, mean, Roger Marshall, Eric Smith and others. We've said no, no, no. We're going to get the information. The public needs to understand this. Truly, you should be. You should have plenty of time to understand. So, guess what? You can give us advice. How do you look at it? How do the people in McAllen, Texas, look at it? How do the people in Miami, Florida, look at it? Because we are. That's what we ought to be doing. That's how government should work. And guess what? I should be able to do whatever amendments I want on the floor. And if I can't convince somebody, that's it. But here's what the other thing we should be doing. We cannot codify. We cannot do anything to codify Biden's open door policy. We can't limit what President Trump can do when he wins. And by the way, where is the House of Representatives? We have a majority. Where's the speaker? Why aren't they including Mike Johnson or somebody in leadership from the House as part of this negotiation? Otherwise, it's 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 we're, we're just going to try to cram something down their throat. I mean, this makes no sense. It's it's so dysfunctional. I had the opportunity to speak with Speaker Johnson recently, and I haven't exactly been approving of what he's been doing. We had a good conversation. It really was a good conversation. I mean that. But he blames you guys in the Senate. He says, what's the Senate doing? And I got to be honest, this is this bickering drives me nuts. The country's collapsing. I, I just. And and I, I want to just emphasize, there's some incredibly qualified people not named Mitch McConnell in the U.S. Senate, you being one of them. You've run a state really well. You did a great job as governor. You ran a company really well. You've been a great senator. I mean, McConnell has to go. And I know that is like the third rail here. But how many times are we going to put up with this sort of legislative deception, this sort of deploying you know, his surrogates. And I hear you on Senator Lankford. Uh, Senator Lankford could decide not to not to negotiate. But all along, I've said he's a proxy of McConnell. I totally acknowledge that. I, I find what McConnell is doing is awfully repulsive. However, McConnell is also getting heat from his colleagues who have endorsed Donald Trump and see that the politics is changing. I want to play cut 126, please past few minutes, uh, Jake Sherman with Punchbowl News had this about a McConnell meeting with Republican senators. Senator McConnell told a closed uh, meeting of Senate Republicans um, today that the politics of the border has flipped and cast doubt on linking Ukraine and the border. It quotes us from saying, when we started this, the border united us and Ukraine divided us. The politics on this have changed, he told his GOP colleagues. He said he referred to Donald Trump as the nominee. We don't want to do anything to undermine him, and he wants to campaign and center it on immigration. So, quote, we're in a quandary. We're in a quandary. So if Trump wasn't doing well and Nikki Haley was ascendant, open borders would be acceptable? I mean, I... Please help me understand this. First it, off, this is in some sort of foreign Senate, off, Senate speak. Securing the border unites us. I don't know one Republican senator that doesn't believe we ought to secure the border. 
I actually don't know anybody that doesn't think we've got to do something. Now, if it's not Ukraine aid, maybe it's something else. But it has to be something to force the lawless Biden administration to basically do their job. That's what, So all we're saying is we all want the border secure. I don't know one Republican senator that does it. Right. And but we know that the Biden administration is not going to do it unless they have to. So why doesn't our leadership. Uh, why doesn't Mitch McConnell, uh, who is, you know, is the Republican leader, why doesn't he, if he if he doesn't want to tie to Ukraine, then find something else. But don't keep us in the dark and then tell tell Langford and tell the negotiators, you cannot, you cannot tie um, it um, to the monthly Ukraine aid to how many people come across the border. Then come up with something else. Because I can tell you what, I don't know if it's a majority, but a lot of us have been saying we've got to tie these things together because um, it's the only thing we know that's going to get the, the Biden administration to do their job. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's the other element of this, which is, you know, we have the CR that was passed that now goes to March. If I were to just play devil's advocate here, Senator, and I don't loop you into this, but I'm I'm deathly afraid that people that are in cycle, you're doing the right thing, despite what they're trying to do to you. But I, it, it's not as if courage increases the closer we get to Election Day. I, right? It's, it, and, and you know this. It's not as if all of a sudden everyone's going to say, you know, we're nine months out from an election. Now I'm really going to go lay down the gauntlet for a legislative fight. Well, you know, the way I look at it is I'm a business guy. I, you know, I'm I'm doing this because there's no country to move to. This is a place we got to we got to fight for everything. And so in the people of Florida have elected me three times, two times as governor, one time as senator. They know who I am. They know that, that I'm going to watch the money. I'm going to create accountability. That So I'm not worried about, about that. I mean, I, you know, I'm up this cycle, but I'm a, I am hell-bent on improving this country. And if, that, if it means that somebody up here in D.C. doesn't like me, there's nothing I can do about it. But, but the fact that, that Donald Trump is winning and will be our nominee does not change anybody in the Senate's decision. They all know we want a secure border. It's it's what we're dealing with is Mitch McConnell has said we're not going to tie real accountability and metrics to Ukraine aid because he wants Ukraine aid. I get it. He wants Ukraine aid. All right. I don't want Ukraine to lose. I want Russia to lose. I, I'm, I'm all in on that. But I'm focused on our border before I focus on Ukraine's border. Are you tired of progressive companies and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply just trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans, all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Retailers like Target are selling chest binders and tuck-friendly bathing suits. It's disgusting. Starbucks is strong-arming their customers to support abortion. The Starbucks Workers Union is on the side of Hamas. Financial services like PayPal are canceling customers for their political views. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer. With Public Square, we have a solution. Founded by Michael Seifert, an amazing company. I think so highly of them. We do a lot of work together. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our constitution at publicsq.mob slash Charlie Kirk. Public Square is an app and a website where you get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, liberty, family, and freedom. 
Public Square is free to join, and you get started today at publicsq.mobi slash charliekirk. Or just download the Public Square app now. That's publicsq.mobi slash charliekirk. That's publicsq.mobi forward slash charliekirk. Check it out today. Senator Scott, I, I know we, we touched on this briefly. What is the timeline then here? Uh, you guys had the press conference. There's allegedly going to be some sort of a border deal, but then Senator McConnell seems to be undermining that because of the politics of Trump. This seems like it's going to hit a fever pitch soon. When I speak to the House side, they say, well, we're waiting for the Senate side, and then we're going to swat it down, and then we're going to redo negotiations. So what, what is the timeline looking like here? Well, it's always, it's always up to Chuck Schumer, right? He's the majority leader, so he gets to decide when we do anything up here. Um, but I don't know. Um, we had... You know, we had a conference meeting last week on the border. We had one yesterday on uh, on Ukraine because what you know what we have to do is we have to get people together and, and have real conversations instead of having one person uh, you know negotiate on our behalf. Uh, and it's not really it's not really James Langford. It, it's 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 Mitch McConnell. So we what we got to do is we got to come up with how do we how do we secure this border and. The it's not. I don't think it's hard. I mean, I I think that Donald Trump did it. It's really just we got to you know go enforce the laws. We now we can just sit here and wait uh, until Donald Trump takes over next January, or we can say what can we get done right now? And I want to do the things that it will force the Biden administration to do their job now. My orcas is you know it just comes and lies to us and says the border secure. You know, Director Ray came and testified uh, probably in November when I asked him the question is is are there terror cells around the United States as a result of an open border? He said, absolutely. And Mallorca is the sitting right there, right? So this is, this is not insignificant. We've got terror cells around the country. We've got drugs. We've got criminals. We've got terrorists. And, but we had a, a briefing the other day on, on the terrorists coming across, and they never can tell us all the facts. Oh, well, we are just the ones that catch them, and the oh, we don't know what they do with them afterwards people do over at ICE afterwards. And the CBP people are, are great. They're trying to secure the border, but the people that they send over here to give us information never have all the facts. No, and it's just, so there is this piece of tape here, Senator, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to play it. I don't know if you saw this. It went totally viral. There's a guy who's obviously Middle Eastern. A reporter says, hey, you know, where are you from? And he kind of in a very smugly way, you know, says he's from the Middle East. And they said, well, what's your name? He said, oh, soon everyone will know my name. Everyone will know my name soon. And it, it, he says this in a way, and like the, the, the tone and the way he looks, it's, it's as if he's threatening a terrorist attack. And we don't know if he was released into the interior of the United States. Some people are speculating that he's running, he's a former head of an Islamic front group in the Middle East. But, but Senator, th- this is no joke. And I, I have to be honest that for some of your colleagues that are f- fixated on national security, and I, I mean, let's play this piece of tape here. You'll see it for yourself, Senator. I, I really, I really want you to see this. Play cut fifty. By the way, if you are smart enough, you will know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're gonna know who I am. Very wow, easy. very easy. The, the entitlement, the entitlement. Uh, no, believe me, I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. Soon you will know who I am. Soon everyone will know who I am. Now, now maybe he's going to go run for city council as, you know, a, f- a foreign illegal. And maybe that's why we'll know. But but, Senator, I just 
is it going to take a dirty bomb in an American city because of an illegal to wake us up? God forbid. I pray that's not true. So please, your thoughts, Senator Scott. But think about this, Charlie. Biden brought 70,000 people without any IDs on those planes from Afghanistan. 70,000 people. We have no idea where they are. We have thousands of people come from Iran. We have thousands of people come from Syria. We have people coming from Lebanon. Now, some of them, I bet, are just here to live our dream. How many does it take? Because what was there, 21 9-11 terrorists without, without even guns? How many does it take to do something horrible in this country? And how long is it going to, by the way, how long is it going to take the next administration? How long is it going to take Trump to try to clean up how many people that are druggists, are drug sellers, human traffickers, uh, terrorists, you know, in our country? How, how long is this going to take? You talk to law enforcement uh, around the country and they're scared to death of the risk right now. So. I, I I don't get it. I, I mean, I just don't get why the Biden administration, the people who work there, don't they have families? Aren't they worried about their kids and their grandkids? Aren't they worried about something might happen to them when they see seventy thousand people dying to just just a fentanyl overdose? They don't on care, top Senator. Of the they, they, they don't care. They want open borders, and they say diversity is our strength, and they they believe that with religious fascination. It, it is really it's tragic that if we don't win in November here. We don't have a civilization. I, I, I wish that wasn't the case. Senator, please keep fighting. And if we take back the Senate, which I think we when? will. Yeah, when? <laughs> I, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you're Senate majority leader. So we'll be talking. Thanks, Senator Scott. Christmas is here, everybody. And that means that you might have to be moving boxes or just it's tough, a lot of stress. And that means inflammation increases. And that means pain also might increase alongside of it. Relief Factor, though, is here to help. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight back against pain. It's 100% drug-free, and Relief Factor was developed by doctors searching for a better alternative for pain. Relief Factor uses a unique and proven formula of natural ingredients like turmeric and many others to help you get out of pain, to reduce or eliminate the everyday aches and pains you're experiencing. So whether it's neck, back, joint, or muscle pain, Relief Factor can help you feel better. Unlike pills that simply mask your pain for a short time, Relief Factor helps support your body's natural response to inflammation. So you feel better all day, every day. Over 1 million people have tried Relief Factor Quick Start, and nearly 70% of people go on to order it again. Relief Factor isn't simply about feeling better. It's about living better, living the life you want, doing the activities you love. So see how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start, feel back, or your money-back guarantee. So check it out right now, relieffactor.com, or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. Slay that inflammation. Go to relieffactor.com. In the last decade, there has been not necessarily a new trend, but a, a habit of the rich, the famous, and the elite. And it's been that instead of just buying yachts and homes in Aspen and Gulf Streams, that if you're super rich and super powerful, you buy media companies, you buy newspapers. Jeff Bezos buys the Washington Post. Biotech billionaire Patrick Soon Shiong bought the Los Angeles Times. Lorene Powell Jobs bought the Atlantic. And those are just a couple examples off the top of my head. If you have more money than you know what to do with, I mean, how many times can you tour the Aegean on a 130-foot yacht? I mean, yeah, that's fine. But real power is vested in owning media companies. You're able to basically control what people think and how they think it. 
Lorene Powell Jobs owned in the Atlantic. Again, she did not make that money herself. She and she inherited, she could say she inherited it. It's Steve Jobs' Apple stock. And she owns the Atlantic. It's part of the Emerson Collective. And she has been subsidizing the Atlantic. Jeff Bezos, one of the world's wealthiest man, men, one of the, previously the most wealthy man, worth $120, $130, $150 billion. Owning media companies is nothing new. Titans of Industries did this in the 1950s and 60s and 70s as well. But it's starting to hit a breaking point because of digital media and because of new media. People are saying, why do I have to pay money to go read the Washington Post? Why do I need to read money to read the Los Angeles Times? It's just too easy to start a new media outlet. And look at our program right here on the Charlie Kirk Show. We were the number one stream on the New Hampshire primary night. 150,000 concurrent viewers on our stream. By contrast, NBC News did their own stream on YouTube and other channels. And I think they might have 10 or 15,000 concurrents, maybe, maybe. And that doesn't even count our amazing partners on Real America's Voice. And we have a ragtag team because we care about it. We're entrepreneurial and we've earned the trust of the audience. While corporate force-fed regime media continues to get utterly destroyed, this program, The Charlie Kirk Show, is thriving like never before. Our platform is growing. And all the everything is racist and Trump is a dictator stooges, good luck making payroll. Just because your show is inside the box or in a paper that no one reads does not give you an excuse to exist. The market will decide, and there are great journalists out there, of course, but right now we're finally seeing the great purge. And very wealthy billionaires who bought these these news media companies and they said to themselves, yeah, I can write a $30 million check a year to kind of keep it going. What's $30 million? Well, you do that for six years and all of a sudden your CFO comes to you and says, "Uh, hey, Mr. Bezos, just let you know, you know, you've subsidized $200 million of losses at the Washington Post. He's like, what? Yeah, I I know that you say you really don't care, but is there any cost saving measures that we should insist that the Washington Post does? Same at the Los Angeles Times, the Los Angeles Times owned by Patrick Soon Sheung. It's like, look. All for owning media companies, but $50 million, $60 million a year losses? And then it hits a breaking point. These billionaires say, enough. Why am I doing this? That's a lot of money, even if you're worth $4 billion or if you're worth $30 billion to keep writing a $30 million check a year. $30 million, $40 million, $50 million check. And the same way that we saw some of the major brokerage firms and banks go under in the 2008 financial crisis, we might be seeing the collapse of institutional overly partisan media. I want to play this piece of tape here. This woman is a wicked individual. I don't say that lightly. This person has deep-seated mental problems. She's a neurotic freak. She tries to destroy people's life. Lives. She tried to destroy Shia from, Shia from Libs of TikTok. She is not a good person. She, li- she LARPs live action role plays as a 23-year-old on social media, when in reality, we actually don't know how old she is. She's late 30s, early 40s something. She is not a good person. She seeks to destroy and to lie and to steal. She is someone that is a Tomahawk cruise missile. 
against people's existence. She lobbies social media companies around disinformation. And I am talking about Taylor Lorenz. Now, if you don't know who Taylor Lorenz is, uh, you should find out. Uh, she, she is someone that, as I mentioned, went after libs of TikTok. Here she is complaining. Play cut 127. Our journalism industry is basically in a free fall. Today, the Los Angeles Times laid off 115 employees. They wiped out their entire D.C. bureau in an election year. They laid off pretty much all of their sports teams. They killed their entire tech and business section. They laid off breaking news writers, social media editors. The list goes on. But what's really dark is this is just the latest in months and months and months of layoffs in the media industry. In fact, tens of thousands of journalists have been laid off in the past year. Major media Companies like BuzzFeed News have completely shuttered their news operations. Time Magazine also just laid off a ton of people. And, oh, Sports Illustrated basically shut down last week. Pretty much the entire digital media ecosystem that myself and a lot of other millennial journalists came up in has been completely hollowed out. And it's not just digital media sites. Local news has been obliterated. The newspaper industry is cratering. Radio is essentially dead, aside from NPR, which has been gutted. Meanwhile, hundreds of workers at Condé Nast, the parent company of pretty much every major magazine from GQ to Vogue to The New Yorker to Vanity Fair are on strike because they're also facing impending layoffs. Even mainstream national media outlets owned by billionaires like The Washington Post, where I work, and The Atlantic, where I used to work, have done layoffs. If you're a young journalist today, there's almost no on-ramp to traditional journalism. Even if you do get a job, journalists' salaries have been stagnant and even declined. And by the way, we don't make that much to begin with. I don't think people understand how bad the world would be without journalists. All right, first of all, you're not that young. You're almost 40, so stop acting in that little high-pitched squeal like you're a recent college grad just trying to make it and you just graduated from the University of Missouri School of Journalism. You're nearly Gen X. Again, she live-action role-plays as if she's some sort of 24-year-old. Sorry, Taylor. Number two, you're a freak. I'm sorry. She keeps her apartment at 90 degrees. I'm sorry. Like, you're some sort of strange... Washington Post employed reptile at this point. Very weird. Like, literally, she brags about how her apartment's at 90 degrees. You know, I get emails every so often. Charlie, where are the lizard people? I don't know. But they certainly would keep their apartment at 90 degrees. All kidding aside, good riddance. Good riddance. I mean, that was quite a list. BuzzFeed, Sports Illustrated. I hope they all go under. Having experienced these companies, they don't mean well. They're not journalists. Taylor Lorenz is not a journalist. She's not. She's a political arsonist. Some could classify what she does as personal terrorism. I want you to think about what she tried to do to Libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok is literally just reposting TikToks. And Taylor Lorenz decides to go so out of her way to dox her and to make her private identity public. And by the way, then Taylor Lorenz complains, oh my goodness, we're get under all these threats and all this sort of stuff. She thinks that she's better than you. She has dedicated her life to destroying other people's lives. She has never done anything, anything productive. What has she created? Journalists are not actually journalists. They're arsonists. Tear down, destroy, and of course, never investigate the, the, the left, ever. And doxing can be life-threatening if the wrong crazy finds out. But that's what Taylor Lorenz does, and she doesn't care. And now she's complaining, oh my goodness, it's so sad. All these media companies are going under. 
This is great news, everybody, because the business models are not sustainable. It's sustainable around here, though. So if you actually tell the truth and you have an audience, you're going to be just fine. But doesn't it go to show that they've built this fake, synthetic, artificial business model? There are so few journalists actually left. 90% of the people that call themselves journalists don't actually do any reporting. They just go on Twitter and repost whatever is trending, and they call it journalism. And they'll do a request for comment, and if they don't hear back in 15 minutes, they'll still post this scintillating headline. America's trust of media is at a record low. And I'm glad that people are now voting with their feet. The Tucker Carlson Network is ascendant. Our program is ascendant. Dan Bongino's show is doing better than other ever. Rumble is doing incredibly well. Even you look at Joe Rogan, you look at some of these other programs, they're doing very, very well because people want shows that engage in dialogue in the pursuit of truth. So you're seeing it now. It's happening gradually, then suddenly, everybody. Sports Illustrated, empty newsrooms, media confidence in the U.S. matches record low in 2016. And it, it, they're worse than you could even imagine. Having dealt with them, having spoke to them, they don't mean well. They, some of them actually want people like me dead. These are bitter. These are resentful people. And I hope that they get what is coming for them. I hope that they have to go work at a nine-to-five job or go learn to code or go learn how to make a frappuccino because that's basically the talent set that they have. In fact, making a frappuccino is a lot harder than writing a low IQ rage induced piece for the Washington Post and calling it disinformation. Hey, everybody, Charlie Kirk here. Mike Lindell and my pillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code Kirk and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers. The 100% made in USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-875-0425. Use promo code Kirk and get free shipping on your entire order. So call 800-875-0425 or go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. That is MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. I think so highly of Mike Lindell. He's a great patriot. He's a terrific person. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. If you actually want to launch a conspiracy, there is one thing that could save these media companies, and it's Trump. Not a joke. The Los Angeles Times acknowledged it, by the way. If you read all the the musings and the rumblings of the Washington, uh, the L.A. Times, they say, you know, Trump's not around. We can't get all these liberals fired up to want to read about the Trump administration every single day. And there's this beautiful picture, and it's an empty newsroom. It's an empty newsroom. Look at all of this is one of the great pictures I've ever seen. Now, some of you might say, Charlie, do not delight in the suffering of others. Yeah, that's usually true. I don't care. I'm going to enjoy it. These are bad people. These are really, really bad people. They are. There's a couple good ones here or there, maybe one out of 30 or 40 or 50. Having dealt with them, they've come after my family. They've come after me. They've lied. They've tried everything they possibly can 
to attack us. And I wish them justice. L.A. Times newsroom, what's missing? And all these journalists are crying and they're they. And by the way, I think the Huffington Post is no longer. Are they still around? And BuzzFeed is no longer around and Vice News is no longer. I mean, it is really stacking. Now, Donald Trump could save some of these companies. That is a that that is a real thing. If Donald Trump were to win the presidency, which is obviously a possibility, they could resurrect some of these media companies. Makes you think the only way that you could actually save some of these failing media enterprises. This is a very, very promising trend, everybody. And I've I've made this point before, but it's worth repeating. It's worth repeating. If you go on the Apple News podcast charts, of which I go five or six times a day, because I want to see how our show is doing. I'm a competitive guy. I want to see how we're stacking up against the big dogs. And considering that, you know, we're still new to the space and that we're up against shows that spend millions of dollars in advertising, we do rather well, praise God. But but that, that's not the point. If you take the top 15 podcasts in the news section on Apple Podcast, number one is almost always the New York Times. They spend a lot of money on it. No doubt, tough to take them down. Number two, NPR. They, they have a well-established thing. Number three is this Pod Save America. People say it's entertaining. I can't listen to it for more than like five minutes. Then it's Ben Shapiro, conservative. Megyn Kelly, conservative. Dan Bongino, conservative. Morning Wire, conservative. Matt Walsh, conservative. Then temporarily right now, it's this New Yorker thing, which I'm just going to dismiss because some of these charts, you can spike and then you go back down. That's, that has no staying power. But then our program, number 10 on the Apple News charts, conservative. Glenn Beck, 11, conservative. Tucker Carlson, 12, conservative. Then two NPR shows. And then Candace Owens, conservative. So out of the top 15, if you take this New Yorker runaway princess thing, which I don't even know what this is about, serial investigative journalism of rural Minnesota. Yeah, that's a true, that should be in the true crime section. That doesn't fit there. So one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine. Nine out of 15. Nine out of 15. Well more than half of the top podcasts being consumed in America are conservative. Shapiro, Megyn Kelly, Dan Bongino, Morning Wire, Matt Walsh, our program, Glenn Beck, Tucker Carlson, Candace Owens. And then soon after it, it continues. Steve Bannon, Ted Cruz, Mark Levin, Michael Knowles. What I'm getting, you could see the collapse of traditional media right in front of you. And yes, the, the best of liberal media will survive. The New York Times will 100% survive. They do the best job. And to be honest, I know this is a, like a thought crime. They're not nearly as insane to work with as the Washington Post or even the AP. The New York Times is awful. But I could tell you, if the New York Times is writing a piece about me, Andrew will attest to this. The New York Times will at least listen. They will be a stickler for fact and accuracy. They'll, they'll still do a hit job. But the New York Times... Believe it or not, it's fine because I think there was an editorial directive from the New York Times is, guys, let's not go full social justice warrior. Let's be left, but let's not be Marxist. The Associated Press is way worse than the New York Times. The Associated Press is dishonest. They're deceitful. They're slanderous. They are a terrible news organization. And the New York Times knows that if they fall, the profession falls. So the New York Times is the number one podcast out there. It doesn't shock me. They do a pretty good job. It's actually easy to listen to. It's called The Daily. But after that, you have full-spectrum conservative ideological media dominance in the podcast space. And who consumes podcasts? Younger people. That's a great sign for things to come. 
It's a great sign for what's ahead, and it shows you a window, another data point, into why traditional media is crumbling and collapsing. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thank you so much for listening, and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.